Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. No, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get his... I don't even have a joke, Dave! Dave, Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fan. Remember, it's, you know, we got Drunk Drunk Saints History Season 2. We're doing the the donation drive. We need 100 of you people to donate to have Season 2. We have some awesome topics planned. We got 15 donations so far. Look, you're going to spend money, $20 on pizza this week, coffee, beer, uh, a Christmas gift for a relative you don't even like, you know, just give us the $20 so you can have Drunk season, drunk Saints History Season 2. We're going to give you 12 of those episodes, one a month. Plus, we're going to give you three bonus episodes, which could be an extra show for the draft, an extra show for if the Saints make the playoffs and they're in the Super Bowl, an extra live show like that. So you want to donate. You want to get to 100 donations. We got 15, only 85 more. Come on, people. Do it. Uh, uh, Andrew, Thursday, it's far away now, so the rage has passed. So I don't really know mm-hmm. what... I'm most mad about if it was the ref that was a former Falcon player, if it was the injuries, if it was all of it. But I think if you had to, if I had to boil it down to one thing that makes me still fucking want to punch a wall, it's the roughing the passer penalty on rankings because that gave Atlanta a touchdown. And that call was absolute positively garbage. At least the other calls, you can kind of argue it either way. That call was bullshit, and that's the one that I'll never get over. I mean, I honestly, I don't think enough people. I, I mean, we we didn't want to go to overtime because the Saints were down to like half their roster. <laughs> but the flag on Sean Payton at the end, where the guy doesn't give him a timeout and he basically has to go, he basically has to go nuts and run over to the official basically to get a timeout, and then he gets flagged. Like this. Saints still had a chance to get the ball back. Now, they probably would have gotten the ball back with like 20 seconds and no timeouts, but all they needed was a field goal, you know, to send it to overtime. So, like, the odds are not good, but, like, I don't know. That one made me really angry, too. (laughs) When's the last time you saw a coach get flagged for going berserk on a ref? I mean, we see that all the time. We see refs lose their mind. and Or, sorry, we we see coaches lose their mind on refs and All never get flagged. Yeah. It isn't like the NBA where they'll tee you up. You know, they never I, I'm I'm trying to think of the last the last NFL coach to do it. I th- the only time I can remember it is like I mean I saw Pete Carroll. I saw Pete Carroll yesterday at midfield <laughs> screaming at a ref. No, I think the only time I've seen a, a, a coach get flagged is like if you if you try to challenge a play that's not challengeable, they'll give you like a fifteen yard delay a game. 
but that's not really like yelling at the ref. That's just like a technical thing of like you can't. That, but I think even with that, they give you a warning first. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it was just that game. It was just it was just infuriating all around. And the thing was, I, the thing was, Atlanta was so trash on offense that game. Like the Saints, besides yeah. a couple of running plays, the Saints were owning them in the secondary. You know. Um, Matt Ryan yeah, was yeah. Matt Ryan was awful. I know one of the one of the the, the interception by Ban, Banjo was kind of like a um, comedy. I mean, it was just like fluke. But the rest of it, dude. And oh, by the way, Julio Jones saved Atlanta's ass on the half t- because Matt, L- Lattimore was gonzo, and Julio Jones still gave a shit and hunted him, hustled and hunted him down because I thought he was gone for pick six right before the half. Yeah. His ankle is kind of busted, so I don't know if he could have. Somebody caught him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The the ending. Did you have? I mean, a lot of people had a like. I didn't have too much. I mean, it was just a. I didn't think that the the decision was terrible to Josh Hill. You know, um, the th- the 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 physical throw was bad. I didn't. Th- I didn't think the the decision was egregious. Did you think the decision to throw the ball there was egregious? Uh, for the Saints to throw? Yeah. The 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 hill. Oh, at the end? Yeah. No, I didn't really have a problem with it. I mean, what do you mean just run to the run on the clock out? Well, no, I mean, did you think they should he should have not she should have thrown it away or dumped it off or just you didn't like the a lot of people felt like the, th- the the decision to throw it there to Hill was bad. Forget the fact that he did threw it too low or threw it too low. like the decision itself was bad. I didn't think it was egregious. Well, you know? I mean, Breeze is one that made that, that decision to, to throw it. I mean, he had, had he could have thrown Ingram in the flat. Um, so, I mean, Breeze had options. But I, I think the main thing for me that was frustrating, I mean, I, I don't think any of us can judge the play calling when Alvin Kamara had a concussion and was out of the game. Kelte, you didn't have Andres Pete, so you had Laribius at, at yeah. left guard. So Sean Payton knows better than any of us. Like his line is better at that point if he trusts his pass protection or his run blocking more. That's the thing. The second thing is Ingram didn't practice all week because he had a toe problem and, and, and he was banged up and then he got banged up on that drive. So like there was a couple plays there where Ingram wasn't even the, in the game and Payton <laughs> had to go like empty backfield with like and he didn't have half his receiver, so it was like empty backfield with Sneed, Coleman, Tommy Lee Lewis, and Josh Hill. Oh my we all God, like, it's a he, nightmare. He didn't even have it's his a, that is a receiver. Fu- yeah, that so, is a fucking so like, he, he was out of personnel. He was out of personnel in the offensive line. He was out of personnel in the backfield. So like, short of like putting Trey Edmonds in there, which I'm sure some fans are going to clamor for that, but like, there's no way Sean Payton is trusting we, Trey go Edmonds through in the, that go situation. Through those re- go through those receivers again, because – I want people to rem- realize that if you'd have told us that the Saints had to win a big game in December with those four receivers, we'd have been like, "They're picking out quarterbacks for next year because they're picking top five. Go through those receivers again. We had Tommy Lee, Sneed, Coleman, and Josh Hill. Oh my God, that is hor- that's horrific. And, and the fifth receiver was either Mike Thomas with one eye. 
Uh, Ted, Ginn, Ted Ginn with a broken rib or Mark Ingram on one leg. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if 2011 Breeze could conjure a touchdown out of that. Like, that is... He almost did. He almost did, but, I mean, that, re- that receiver... Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That, that what you just listed off, that's bottom four in the NFL receiving core. I'm not kidding. I think Cleveland would be better just on the strength of Josh Gordon. Oh, yeah, they have Corey Coleman. Yeah. I mean, so 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 that's bad. I mean, the, the thing is, too, is it it was clearly apparent, like, on that first drive, like, the Saints are a Camara. I joked on Twitter that the Saints are a Camara-based economy now. Like, that's what they are. You know, everything... The Saints are what? They're a Camara, They're an Alvin Camara-based economy. Like that's what they do. He's he's the you know he's yeah. like he's like the hot new thing. He's like Bitcoin, man. You know, and he like mm-hmm. everything runs through him now. And I mean, you can say, well, no, it's it is that. You know, I mean, it it's like if this it's like 2011. If the Saints didn't have Jimmy Graham, they ran everything through Sproles. You'd say that you can't do that, but that's kind of what the Saints do almost. You know. Um, and when, when he went out, I mean, they, they had like three days to put that game plan together. You, 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 he's out. You're, you, Sean Payton is like, like probably like half the play sheets, like just uh, throw it away. Like you're, you know, and he's like doing it on the fly. And then people are, like you said, yeah. people are getting banged up. I mean, it was, it was a totally difficult spot for the saints to be in. Um, the one, I just, I think the whole, like you said, the whole playbook was out the window, and I think it's really easy for fans to say, like, "Oh, well, they should have run." But it's not that simple. When when Sean Payton looks at his personnel and he's like, "I really like them with with the, you know in this personnel when I've got this offensive line," and then Kelmetti goes out, and and now you have Laribius at left guard. Now Sean like that that change just things dramatically. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I don't know Larubius. I mean, I haven't studied him that well, but Sean Payton may say, you know what? I, I don't trust him in situation. I'd much prefer pass protection. Yeah. I, I just, again, I, I just don't think you can trust what's going on with that. Well, I mean, I, I just, I trust Sean Payton more than the average fan. Yeah. And I mean, it's just difficult to, to do it. And I mean, like we, we, you know, like we said at the beginning, I, the 
they the, the I love the, the the I love the play to go for it on the sneak, even if it had blown up. And I just the thing that would have made that game so great is you would have been hard pressed, I think, in the twelve years of Sean Payton, right? Um, um, to find a, a a regular season win that would have been as satisfying as that, and I think that's the thing that sticks that makes it hurt so bad because because it's not a season killer. They still got everything ahead of them, and we'll get that to that later. But I mean, this would have been an awesome, thing. and you would have got to just stunt all over Falcons fans because their season would have been over. Yeah, you know. Um, well, it was that too? It was mostly that. I'm not gonna lie. Like it was mostly that. Yeah. And yeah. the thing was, they're stunt. Yeah. They're stunt. And Matt Ryan was fucking terrible. I don't know. The thing is, he's not. Oh, even... no. And 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 uh, we're we're also we're also like almost guaranteed to get a bye if we win that game. Yeah, like it all worked out for them perfectly, and you had Carson Wentz blow out a knee, so like the buy would have been the buy would have set you up really good because Philadelphia, where you felt like they were a lock to win and probably host the NFC Championship, and now the NFC is a free for all. So if you get that two seed, they easily could have lost before the NFC Championship. Yeah, um, so so that's the thing. I I. <sighs> The thing is with with Atlanta is Matt Ryan. He doesn't even look as like. Granted, he's never he. I I'm gonna go on record. He's never gonna be as good as he was last year ever again. Like that was his Mark Rippon one shot. Like like you're gonna look back in 20 years and be like Matt Ryan won an MVP. Really? That happened. But like he's never going to be that good again, I don't think. But he's not even as good as he was in other years where he was good. You know, he looks fucking terrible. He looked indecisive. He was jittery in the pocket. The Saints, they weren't sacking him, but he's one of those guys, Andrew. He's hard to sack. But they were like getting at him. Yeah. He was he was move he was moving off his spot. And a lot of times when he was when he moves off his spot against the Saints, he'd still be able to reset and throw. Not Thursday. Like the Saints, the Saints had him shook. They did, yeah. I mean again, it kind of goes back to how frustrating it is to lose when you consider that I mean, I've seen him throw for five hundred yards and lose to the Saints. So for him to beat them Playing like that was so frustrating. It was so fr- – it, it just – you know, and the th- – this this team, you know, of, of, of all the injuries, let's – you know, let's – you know, Hendrickson's probably going to be out a while and Klein's probably going to be out a while. So of those two, which one do you think is going to be the most difficult? Definitely Klein. I mean, it's not even close. What do you th- you think they'll just play Rankins at end and or and and then keep yeah on they'll pass? they'll figure it out yeah they'll they'll just rotate the defensive tackles you know now they have John Hughes in there and he seems to be doing okay that gives them the flexibility to Rankins outside a little bit more Mata has to play a little bit more um, you know Kikaha rushing snaps maybe they bring Muhammad up and he gets to play a little bit so they'll figure it out I mean at linebacker. To me, they just lose a lot of speed. They lose a lot of ability to cover. Um, give Manti Teo a lot of credit. He 
played his ass off in that game. And, um, you know, he made that – the Saints looked really smart picking him up in free agency based on how he played in that game. Yeah. But, you know, can he hold up and play at Klein's level for, you know, for for an extended period? I just don't know. Can he can, – it doesn't need to be – can he do it for two weeks, Andrew? Can he give us two weeks? Can he give us the Jets? I think can so. He give any, can he give us Atlanta? And well, and I – I think the Saints re-sign Jolon Dunbar and be fine at linebacker against the Jets. I mean, well, we'll get to the, the Jets line is ridiculous. We'll get to that. Um, you know, people they want to. You know, I saw people on Twitter just like just stampede towards the narrative of Breeze is terrible. He's washed up. He's in decline. You know, the Saints' offense is is awful, and they you know this. I'm like. They scored 17. They had a field goal taken away. They were about to score at the late. I, I, I mean, yes, they have issues on third down, and we'll get to that in a minute. I feel like we say that every week. But I don't see this offense as, like, I feel like Saints Twitter has become so spoiled that they don't understand that, like, this is just, like, like a bottom, like, this is like an offense that's, like, 6 to 10 or 12. And it's not like top four, and they're just like freaking the fuck out. It isn't this like steep, drastic decline. It's just a couple of degrees, you know. I don't think you can judge the Falcons game. I mean, first of all, the offense is second in the NFL in yards, fourth in points. This is the Saints are. Second in the NFL in yards and fourth. So by both metrics, points or yards, they're top five. And those so, aren't ca- and those aren't catch up yards, by the way. Yeah, you could, you could I'd argue say anyone last... complaining about that is incredibly spoiled. Yeah, and you and you can't. Um, yeah. Secondly, you know the injuries again. Like this offensive line. They haven't had what they pictured being an offensive line all year. You know, and here's the thing, Andrew. They probably pictured it as the offensive line. They were probably like, look, worst case scenario is maybe we lose Armstead or Streif and we just sort of rotate those guys around. Worst case, we lose one of them. They've lost both of them. Yeah. And Pete. And, and it's just a mishmash. And the thing is, I've sort of come around on Pete where I was like – in the 2015 draft, I was like, you know, if you pick a guard and you pick him top 15, he better be like pro bowl or all pro level if you're taking a guard there. But I've sort of changed my tune in that like Pete being a really good guard and an adequate left tackle, like that makes him super valuable. Like, let me tell you, the you know, the Eagles are kind of different, but like you look at teams around the league when their left tackle goes down, they get fucked. And the Saints, when Armstead doesn't play, we're like, "Ah, Pete will slide over. It'll be fine." And it is, and that is a, a an incredibly valuable thing that we just like take for granted that it's going to be fine. And and I think it's one of those things we talked about last week. But again, it sort of showed itself this week with Pete out, and that like, eh, you slide in Calamity, and then you got Larebius, and then you you know you know like like there comes a point where like the offensive line it disintegrates and Breeze hides a lot of it, Andrew, because he gets rid of the ball so quick, you know? Um, 
But I think it it it's it's a combination of even though Breeze gets the ball away quick, like the Saints receivers on third down struggle to get open, and then and then you start to see the flaws coming out. I think you know it's a combination of things. At the end of the day, I think you look at um, the receivers; they don't get open. You know, they're just they don't get enough separation. I think you look at all of the guys that have gotten injured on the offensive line. Um, it's just tough, but the, the one common denominator is you still have Breeze. And as much as people want to dog Breeze or make, make comments that he's not what he used to be, the bottom line is his efficiency. You know, and again, I, I kind of go to the stats I read off. The Saints are number four in the league in scoring. They're number two in the league in yards. Uh, Breeze is one of the top-rated quarterbacks in terms of efficiency, in terms of quarterback rating, which is, you know, who are the best QBs in the league right now? So, I think, are they putting up? Would it be nice if they put up more points if they were higher than fourth in the league? Sure. Would it be nice if they were number one in yards instead of two? Sure. Would, would it be nice if third down efficiency was better? Of course. I mean, all of those things. But I, I just think at the end of the day, you know, it's just a reality that the Saints are, are, are good, but not great on offense this year. Um, but I think we would all take it considering what they are on defense because they've been seven and nine several years in a row with a better offense. So they, they have better balance. I think we just have to accept that the saints may be more balanced and slightly less good on offense. This, yeah. Hey, this is, I promise, I promise you that 90% of the league would happily take the saints have on offense. Oh, and, and the thing is with the saints, with everything that's gone right for them, the draft, maybe the best draft they've ever had, right? They hit on every goddamn pick. Free agency, they damn near hit it out of the park. You know, you can argue that people are arguing that Klein is a bust in free agency. If the, if the Klein is going to be the worst free agent signing the Saints make every year, I'll take that the next five years, all right? Um, you know, so everything they did went well. They, they, they got lucky in the draft. You know, teams passed on Lattimore and that, you know – and they couldn't get Butler. And it's like it's all worked out for them. But one Breeze, of the things. Breeze is the third rated. Breeze is the third rated quarterback in the league. Only Tom Brady and Alex Smith are higher. So if you're looking just at stats, like, and if and if the Saints went out here, if they go 12 and four, like Breeze's stats. I mean, he's a legit MVP contender. Like, you know, and and as much as this narrative, like, if you just look at his numbers, it's kind of unbelievable. Like for his career, his rating is 96.7. His rating this year, Ralph, is 104.2. It's crazy. 104.2. He's only been better than that, let's see, one, two, three, four times in his career he's been better than that. That would be the fifth best rating of his career. Yeah, and the thing is that, that I think people don't appreciate about Breeze. They say, well, he doesn't throw the ball downfield and he can and blah, blah, blah. I look at Breeze and I see a guy that's like – he, two things. His, his, so, so uh, let, let me answer that. Let me answer that real quick, Ralph. His average yards per attempt, his average yards per attempt, is the highest been since 2011. Yeah. So, so I think that's overblown. And I think one of the things is one, he knows that his physical skills are diminishing, so he's not as aggressive as with the ball down the field. You can see him, Andrew, on like second and second and two, second and three. They probe and try to look for shots. They still do the long play action where he does a little half roll, right? And they look for it, but he doesn't take it one because I think 
He knows that he doesn't quite have the juice in the arm that he used to. And two, he trusts his defense, so he doesn't have to go YOLO. He's not in these games where it's 17-7, and he's looking up saying, I can't punt. It's third and four. I can't punt, because if I punt, it's going to be 24-7, to and he we're, and we're fucked. The survey the field. You know? He doesn't have time to survey the field. His offensive line is too banged up, and his receivers don't get open. Yeah. And another thing, back what I was saying about Everything went right about in the season for the Saints. Everything went right except that receiver. Willie Snee got the DUI and got fat. You know, Fleener got a concussion and regressed even further from the 50-catch guy he was last year. So suddenly you look at the receivers and you're like, it's Michael Thomas and Kamara and, I don't know, Shrug, you know. And, you know, the thing is, we're just so used to the Saints, like, figuring it out that we're spoiled, you know? We're just like, well, they turned David Patton. He was 50 years old. They got 1,000 yards out of him. They, you know, they made Billy Miller a 60-catch guy. You know, we're just used to them, like, figuring it out. And they kind of, like, have it to the extent that we're used to, you know? Yeah. So, so... Before we get to uh, the Jets game, which is which is just bananas, um, the sec. How did you? F- I felt like the Saints secondary was phenomenal versus Atlanta. Um, even with Vaccaro got banged up and different things, I feel like I feel like Ken Crawley. I I, I, I think saying he's just. He's a really nice, good corner. I don't think it does his him justice, and and, and it's hard to compare because Lattimore is just fucking unbelievable, right? But what is Crawley? Is he is he really good? Is he like almost pro? But like, where where would you, where would you put Crawley if you rated him in the cornerbacks in the NFL? He's a real solid. I would say he's a real solid number two corner on the team. Pretty much, I'm a real solid number two guy. And you know, listen, man. I think at the end of the day, when you look at a guy like Crawley, you need guys like that on your team to win. And he, he's as able as anything. Else. You're only as good as your number two corner. Yeah, I mean, that's that's absolutely that's absolutely true. And I, the thing is, the thing is. This secondary, it's like I feel it's 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 un, kind of unbelievable to say after Bro got hurt and all this, but I feel really good about Lattimore, Crawley, PJ Williams. Like PJ Williams, if he's the number one guy, I hate it. If he's number two with Lattimore, even that's like eh. PJ Williams is the third guy, perfectly fine. You know, like like this the the corners in the secondary, like this secondary is really really good. Yeah, they can. You know, that's why I care. I mean, it, it's nice to have a pass rush, obviously. You know, because that helps the guys. But but I care less about the front seven. I just feel like teams are so impatient that even if they're kind of getting getting it done on the ground a little bit, as long as the defense can stay alive long enough to give their secondary a chance to make a play, they've got a lot of playmakers back there, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah, they are. Um. You know, we talked about the injuries and different things. Um, I, 
before we get to the before we get to the to the Jets and we get and we get to Twitter questions, I want to talk about the NFC playoff scenarios in in a little bit. Look, you can go to the New York Times playoff simulator. You go there, you're gonna lose like two hours of your life because yeah, you can just do like every scenario possible and different things and like different combinations. And Andrew, I spent like 45 minutes with it today while I was eating my lunch. And from what I gathered is. If the Saints, they better go eleven and five if they're going to lose to Atlanta, or if they're going to be ten and six and have a mini crash and burn, they better beat Atlanta. If they do one of those two things, they have like a ninety-five percent chance of making the playoffs. But if they go ten and six and don't beat Atlanta, they're kind of fucked because you got to figure Seattle and Atlanta or Carolina are going to get to ten, eleven wins. Um, but what's the scenario of teams that you want, assuming that the Saints aren't going to get a bye now? What's the path you want for the playoffs? Wait, assuming no bye? Assuming no bye. Like, what's the path you want? Starting. But are, are we. Oh, well, obviously, I want them to be the three seed in that case. I would want them to either, you know, at least beat Atlanta, you know. Maybe it was one, but assuming they win the division, I think the team I would least like to face is probably, you know, I know this is going to sound weird, but it's probably the team I fear the least because I think Russell Wilson is, and I think otherwise they're so banged up. Our offensive line is horrible. Their defense is a shadow of its former self. I mean, and they've lost so many guys on that side. All They've lost all their stars. So I just think Seattle coming into New Orleans, traveling from the West Coast, I, I just don't see it. They got you know? mauled. So they I, got, I, they I got would... mauled by Jacksonville. They, the game was the score was close because they hit a couple of bombs against Jacksonville to sort of yeah. make it close. They got mauled. I mean, Jacksonville had a third and eleven and ran Fournette off tackle, and he picked it up to salt the game away. Yeah, so I would love to face them. Um, you know, a lot of teams, I think one of the biggest crocks in the NFL is when team, people say uh, that you can't beat a team three times. So that's really hard to beat a team three times. You know why it's really hard to beat a team three times? Because it almost never happens that people face a team three times. But if you've swept a team, I, I just think – and, and especially the way the Saints have against the Panthers, they've beaten them so convincingly, so easily. And I don't know if it's just like a matchup thing or if like Sean Payton, I mean, over the years, Sean Payton has always found a way. I think it's defense is supposed to be so good. Number one, he, he knows how to play them. I think so. he's how I think Sean Payton coaches circles around the Carolina defense. That's what I think it is. I, I, I would be, I would be fine playing them. I, I would feel great about playing the Panthers. So like if you would ask me, you know, I would much rather <laughs> the Panthers or the Seahawks than I would the Falcons or maybe like um the Packers or something. Uh, the Packers would scare me to death because that's not that's the that's Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers can light you up. You know, I don't feel like I don't feel like yeah. Carolina's receivers are good enough. The Rams will scare me a little bit because I think their receivers are nice and golf, and I I love Mick. I love their coach. I think he's a really really good uh, designer of offenses. Um, but like Seattle doesn't scare me. Carolina doesn't scare me. Atlanta scares me because it's Atlanta, and losing a playoff game to them would just ruin the whole 
fucking 2017 season. So that's like a thing that I just I'd rather not experience. So that's probably what it'll end up being just in my mind. Um, but I'm with you, man. Seattle, they're missing Wagner, Chancellor, Sherman. I mean, their defense is gone in their offensive line. But then after What's that? But then after that, like going to after that, like going to Minnesota or going to the Rams or going to the Eagles, any of those three like it kind of doesn't matter to me. Like none of those teams scare me that much. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying the Saints would would definitely win against any of them, but they're they're certainly capable of winning. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is to remember, Minnesota, their defense might be better and is really good. Their offensive line, that offensive line that the Saints played, it ain't there anymore. They're missing like three dudes out of that line, and and that was a big thing. They could not get close to Bradford, and you know. Their offensive line is beat up. The Saints will not be playing Devontae Harris, you know. So uh, it just it just changes it changes the entire thing. All right, we got. I'm also not a big believer in uh, Case Keenum. I know he's playing at a high level, but I just think when the playoffs come, I, I don't know. He 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 runs he runs around and freelances. He's a guy that I could see him being super hot and getting them and winning them a Super Bowl, or he could be a four pick dude and they're bounced, even though they're the number one, even if they got like the number one seed, you know. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, questions. Um, let's see. I'm looking for. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, question: Is there a different way to attack Minnesota than what we did in the opener? So much has changed uh, since game, week one. Um. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think. Well, first of all, when you look at, I mean, I, I was able to watch a little bit of the um, the Panthers game against them, and you know, obviously having a mobile quarterback. Um, I think Cam Newton was able to kind of expose some of the things they did. You know, that's, that's something that the Saints don't really have, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I think the main thing, first of all, I don't think the Saints realized how good of a rushing attack they had with Ingram and Kamara. And I remember back then, I mean, in that game against the Vikings, they were really trying to force the ball with yeah. Adrian Peterson yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know, so I think the Saints, the Saints hadn't quite uncovered exactly who they were um, offensively. Um, but if you look at that Carolina game, I mean, not only was it Cam, but Jonathan Stewart had, had a great guy. I think he had like three touchdowns in that game, and he got he was over 100 yards rushing. So, you know, if I'm the six, I, I keep them honest by just just running the ball, you know, and, and, and just being consistent with the ball, pounding Ingram um, and getting those short downs and distances. Because the thing that does scare me about them is just their pass rush. Uh what is the rate? Right, I mean, the case was sacked. I mean, how many times did the Panthers sack him? Like, yeah. Like, at least five times. Yeah. And he gives like you five. he gives you an opportunity to sack because he holds on to the ball, you know? Um, well, I mean, it's like you said. I just don't think their offensive line is what it was when the Saints No, I mean, the, the, the opening week, man, it, most te- a lot of teams aren't what they were, man. The, the, the Saints surely aren't. I mean, uh I would say they might be better or whatever, but o- but Okafor is gone and different things. John asked, "What's realistic expectation for the next three weeks?" 
What's your, what's your expectation? Run the table, 11 and 5, 10 and 6. What, what's your expectations without predicting a jet game? We'll get to that in a minute. Anything short of anything short of run the table would be a huge disappointment for me. Yeah. Um, that is my expectation. I I mean, I expect them to crush the Jets. And, and anything short of that um, would be very disappointing. Um, I expect them to be motivated and ready to, to put the Falcons on their ass and answer that ridiculousness the way they're supposed to. I expect to win at home against the Falcons, period. Um, and then going on the road against the Bucks, the Bucks will be ready to go home, ready, ready to go to the offseason. Um, I, I don't, I don't expect much resistance from them. So I, I will be very surprised and very disappointed. I, I really, truly believe the Saints will win these next three games. I think they'll win. I think they'll win too. I, you know, I could see a scenario where they get to eleven and four, and they're locked into three or four, and Sean Payton is like. What's the difference between three and four? I'm not risking. I'm not risking, dudes. Chase Daniels, you're playing, or you're playing the second half, right? They may, they may look at it and be like, Minnesota maybe loses and they'll scoreboard watch for a half. I could see them losing to Tampa just because they don't give a shit. Because what's the difference between three or four when you're talking about that versus the risk of injuries, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you there for one reason. I think that the Saints will look at it as if we're number three, we will, and and we win in the divisional playoffs. There's a good chance the Eagles will lose without wins, and if we're the three seed, we would host. Ah, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. You know, so I think. Well, no, because the, you wouldn't play. The Eagles would. Well, oh, that's true. Like I, I see what. Well, if the Eagles were one, well, no, the Eagles would host regardless. So if I guess I see what you're saying. Like if the Eagles would lose and Minnesota would lose, the Saints could play one of the two, right? Yeah, they would play Minnesota if they were to win. But my point is, they, I mean, the Saints are going to have to play one game on the road if they don't get a bye, regardless. But if they win that, then I think what they would bank on is the three seed is that they play Minnesota. They would go play in a dome, which I think they would prefer. And, you know, against Case Keenum in a dome, I'll take my chances even on the road. So I think the path for the same thing, you were talking about the path earlier. I think why the three is important is, you know, assuming they won that first game, then you likely go to Minnesota as a two seed uh, and you go play in a dome, um, you know, and, and um, control climate against Case Keenum. If you win that, you know, there's a chance that you're hosting the Eagles lose with Nick Foles at quarterback. Um, so uh, I think that three seats pretty important, actually. Yeah, somebody said, I asked for the Saints' mood in five words or less. Bryce Petty is free-falling. Uh, so that's the one I like the most. So everybody, thanks for the questions. All right, Andrew, the Jets' Saints' See, long- if they're the four, If they're the four seed, though, so like, even if they beat the Eagles on the road, like – if, if the two three seed is Wins. in the other one, then they're going on the road again. Yeah, I could. No, that's a great point. I didn't. I didn't think of that initially, but now that you mention it, I think. I think you're a hundred percent right because you 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 look at it as there's a real shot that Nick Foles is going to shit the bed. You know, although I like Nick Foles and he was really good in the Saints playoff game, like Nick Foles versus. 
you know, if 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 say say the say the Saints win and the five and and Carolina's a five seed, like Carolina could go to Philadelphia and beat Nick Foles. You know, like it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility for sure. Um, all right, Andrew. Before we get out of here, uh, we got to pick the game. Um, I am writing my column. I said in my column that if the Saints lose this game, it'll be maybe a top five worst regular season loss of all time. The Saints are a 16-point favorite Sunday. That is a ginormous number. I can't remember the last time the Saints were a 16-point favorite. Maybe in 2011 against the Colts when they played Painter? Like, that's a tremendous number. It's huge. Yeah. And honestly, I I, might still take the Saints. So so, give me your pick. Give me your give me your your pick and your MVP. Sixteen points is a lot, though, man. Uh, I mean, I I think the the Jets are going to go real conservative because Spike Petty is going to be yeah. awful. Um, they're really you know, good at running the ball too. The Jets are really good at running the ball in their base de- in their base offense. By the way, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints come out a little flat. Um, you know, even give up a touchdown first drive and make us a little nervous. Um, but I think, you know, they might have a little hangover from the Falcons, but you know, they, they've had time to prepare time to get the, and a lot of the guys will come back uh, feeling much better after that Falcons game. And, um, you know, I think the saints will end up winning this. I don't think it'll be as comforting or as, uh, as great as we hope it will be, but I think, you know, they'll pull away in the second half, and uh, I'll say 31 to 20, Saints. Ooh, so the Jets um, will cover. And my player... The, the Jets what? The Jets would cover in that scenario, 31 to 20. They do, yeah, yeah. So I'll say the Jets cover. And... Um, I will say my MVP is. Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Thomas. Oh. I think he has a big game. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Saints 31, Jets 17. It's going to be one of those games where the Jets aren't going to really threaten, but they aren't going to really be in it. Or, or out of it, you know? It's going to be like one of those games where it's like 17-7 to 7 for a while, and you're like, come on, Saints, get this to 24-7, to 7, or get it to 31-4, to 4, you know? Stretch it out so we can, so I can click over and, 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 and peek in on uh, Carolina and Green Bay, you know? Um, but they're just not going to be able to, to, to get it. The Jets are feisty. Um, the thing is, though, man, if the Saints could get ahead of the Jets early and make them have to throw like it could be a party like it like it could spiral out like I don't think it'll spiral out of control where the Jets would win going away that that scenario I can't see I could see the Saints the Saints there's a scenario where the Saints drop 40 on the Jets mostly because the Jets would just be incompetent they had a hundred yards of offense last week Andrew a fucking hundred I know Denver's defense is number one but a hundred yards of offense in an NFL game that's Ditka-esque, man. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, for me, uh, 
Do you see, besides the Saints game, do you see any other games that would go the Saints way? Like Green Bay, Carolina, um, Minnesota, Cincinnati. Do you see any other Seattle, or, or I guess Atlanta, Tampa, Carolina, Green Bay, Minnesota, Cincinnati. Do you see any of those games going the Saints' way and getting a result that they need? I think the most likely is Green Bay uh, beating the Panthers. And, um, you know, even if Rodgers doesn't play, uh, I think it's possible that that happens. Green Bay's playing better ball. I know, you know, the Browns had him on the ropes, but in, in general, I think Huntley um, – as, you know, the last couple of weeks, he, he's just been making more plays. He's starting to look more comfortable. I don't know if Rodgers is going to play. I know he's practicing, and this might be the week he comes back. But um, I, I could see – I just think Carolina, man, they're so up and down. And I actually called them beating the Vikings. I just had this feeling, like, coming off losing to the Saints. Every time we're ready to write off Carolina and just say, like, oh, they're done, they're terrible, uh, I feel like they, they surprise teams and then they win. And um, now that I think people are kind of ready to say that Cam's back and, and kind of love on the Panthers, I could <laughs> easily see them kind of shitting the bet against the Packers. I mean, so that, that That's my uh, upset call. And, you know, if the Vikings, man, I mean, I totally expect the Vikings to take care of business and, and beat the uh, Bengals. But if they don't, you know, they could – that's a team to watch for like a death spiral here at the end of the season. Yeah, I will say this. If Tampa's going to give a shit one of these last three weeks, it's going to be on Monday Night Football at home. You know? Like, if they're going to play. The Falcons. Yeah, and I mean, I know they don't have McCoy and all this, but if, if there's going to be a week where Tampa's going to play hard and going to care, it's going to be on Monday Night Football. Um, so they have no shot. They I th- have no I think they have a shot. I think I think they have a shot. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that as as Atlanta. The Saints are gonna steamroll steamroll the Jets and or win beat the Jets, and then Atlanta's gonna lose on Monday night. And I don't know if that would wrap up a playoff spot for the Saints, but it would make uh, it would surely make the next week against Atlanta a lot uh, less nerve wracking. Um, so for Dave, who's MIA, for uh, Kevin, who's MIA, for Andrew, who in honor of Dave being MIA, had Dave's audio quality most of the podcast. Uh, Until next week, uh, the bar is closed. Oh, and donate, 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 donate.